I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about. Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors, with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am one half of your hosts, Blake Harrison, and joining me as ever is Stu Whiffin. How are you doing, Stu? I'm good. You Okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. I don't know if you heard it. My nose sort of went bunged up during that interview, and I felt in my head I was like I was talking very nasally, but I don't know if well, that came we, across. We talk at length uh, on this episode uh, about having a, a busted nose and uh, and trying <laughs> to uh, and trying to and trying to not just do an introduction to a podcast through it, but to uh, to, to fight for a world championship uh, through uh, for a block nose full of blood uh, and and potentially yeah bone on the wrong side of your face um which is i mean should we just get on with announcing who's today's guest is and then we can talk a little bit more um yeah, afterwards absolutely so today we have uh um sam uriah creasy who is fighting luke shanks at cage warriors 132 on saturday the 11th of december it's a rematch of uh uh a fight that was ended slightly, mildly controversially. I mean, the ending seemed mm. clear. There was a third-round victory uh, for Sam Creasy in the, the end of a flyweight tournament for the vacant flyweight title. Uh, Sam Creasy won by guillotine choke in the third round. However, videos started to emerge of uh, what people are calling a phantom tap that happened in within 30 seconds of about the first round where Luke Shanks believe he won the fight by getting Sam to tap. Now, you'd have to go and watch the footage. There's some of it on Luke Shanks' Instagram page. You can find it elsewhere. You can watch the fight on Fight Pass. It happens incredibly quickly. And make your own minds up as to whether you thought it was a tap or not. But we have spoken to both fighters now, Luke and now Sam, on this episode. So check out both episodes to get both of their point of views on what happened with this alleged phantom tap but the main thing is they're running it back 
and we are going to get a definitive answer to who is the better fighter. Absolutely. And, and what you get from, from both episodes, both of which are out today. So, you know, you're obviously listening to this one now, but Luke's is out as well um, today. So go listen to both because aside from anything that's gone on, they're both very, very calm, very respectful and, and, and just decent martial artists, aren't they? There's, there's, no, there's no malice in, in, in this or trash talk. So it's, uh, I guess we should be hyping it up to sell the episodes a bit more and saying, yeah, I'll call you one to hear what he says on the other episode. Call. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's delete everything that's been in. God, Luke, God, wasn't he horrible about him? Oh, Luke. Unbelievable, And you wait Blake. till you hear what Sam says. Oh, my God. I know. God. I know. God, Bringing him. their families into it. Oh, Unbelievable. It makes sailors blush. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're both lovely and respectful people. But let me say, if you haven't seen that first fight, go and check it out. Yeah, In boy. the cage, they are both lethal. And uh, yeah, listen to this episode and then go and check out Luke Shanks. Because I say, it is interesting to get both sides of the story and it will really tee you up for Saturday night's, I think it's the co-main event of uh, Cage Warriors 132. So it should be an absolute cracker. Absolutely. And if that doesn't wet your whistle enough, go check out um, some of our other recent episodes with Cage Warriors fighters that are on the Double Trouble Extravaganza. You can hear us talking to Oban Elliott. You can hear us talking to uh, the Hardwick brothers. Who else have we uh, Matt had Bonner. On? Matt Bonner. Uh, yep. is on that. And then we've got Cage Warriors alumni like Ian Gary, uh, uh, Paddy Pimblett, Molly McCann, and then your current featherweight, interim featherweight champion, Paul Hughes. And then we've got other guys like like your Nathan Fletchers and people like that who have also been on the show. So check out. And obviously, El Presidente, the big boss man himself, Mr. President Graham Boylan has been on the show previously. You can check out our interview with him as well. Did we? We never done that, did we? We, we spoke before we uh, <laughs> when we knew we was going to get Graham Boylan on. We was just daring each other um, because we was a little bit intimidated. I think. I think I we said it. Like, did you? I just remember like, now because I said I want. Who's going to refer to him as Mister President? <laughs> I think at one point I might be. I think at one point I do say Mister President to him. Um, but yeah, so we we were giggling at that. Um, that's a cracking interview. Graham's got yeah. really has has got some 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 brilliant stories. And uh, and obviously a referee not just from the UFC but obviously at Cage Warriors as well, Mark Goddard. We've had him on the show. What an episode uh, that is. Uh, and Dan Hardy, UFC, well, a, a former UFC fighter and commentator, now looking to get back into the ring. I know he's been talking about John Wayne Parr. He's been talking about Tyron Woodley. There's lots of options out there for for Dan Hardy as a fighter, but he will probably be commentating. Uh, at the Cage Warriors event as well. So loads of Cage Warriors current and and alumni as well um, to get your ears, I was going to say teeth sunk into, but you don't, you don't, and what do you do with your ears? Your ears into? What was that? Just, just have a listen. Yeah, all right, boring. But, all right. Yeah. Anyway, you've got something to listen to now. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. Sam Creasy. Well, Sam Thanks very much for coming on. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Good, 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 good. good. good, good. Have you been training today or doing anything like that, or is it kind of easy? You've only got like a week to go until the fight. Like, how 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 are things today? Is it a relaxed morning or have you been busy? Uh, I've done some pads this morning. Um, it's a little bit little bit busy. My missus just come back from from America, so uh, I've been on there. Like sorting sorting my daughter out for school and that all, all morning, but we did yeah. some pads today, and then really we're just tapering down, 
massively with my training. I don't need to go crazy now. How how old's your daughter? Uh, she's six. Six. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. Is she she aware of what dad does for a living? Yeah, kind of. She's like, she asked me the other day, "Where's your fight going to be, Dad? <laughs> are, are you going off to fight again? When are you going to be coming back?" <laughs> how we how, how is that as as a dad? You know, um, when when your kids asking you questions like that, is it? Are you kind of thinking, "Oh, this this is all right. It's nice that she knows what I do." Or are you ever a little bit like, "Oh, are you okay with this job that I'm doing?" Like, how, how yeah. is it as a dad? It, it it's a difficult one because obviously, like. When I started fighting that, it was entirely selfish. It's just about me. I'm going out there having some fun, you know, having a bit of a tear up every now and then, you know. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to come back my way. Now I've got a daughter, I've got a family, I've got an image to uphold, and I don't want perhaps other parents in the school worrying yeah. about the kind of example that I'm setting to her or to other children or that that kind of thing is more of an issue for me yeah i mean it seems to be very much the kind of the outside influence like we we chatted to, to dan hardy a, a little while ago about this about like there are still sections of society aren't there that see combat sports as something that we should have like evolved past or anything like that and they don't see the kind of benefits that it can give people and and how it can it can save certain people from mm-hmm. a more difficult walk of life. Um, yeah. what, I wasn't expecting to ask you this question, but we've stumbled <laughs> upon it. How, like, what do you think of like, if you're ever confronted with that mm-hmm. kind of, of mentality or people talking about the sports or combat sports in such a way, do you have a, an answer that you give or a reason that you think combat sports is important, not just for you, but, but for society as a whole? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, I, I found probably the, the the best way to change perception of this sport is kind of the way that you conduct yourself outside of the cage, outside of that sporting environment. So you're trying to show that you're not what people perceive you to be. You know, I, I, I've been doing this for a long time now, and I've I've watched that perception of me change from the people I meet over time. You know, they'd be very, very wary to have a conversation with me perhaps before. And then yeah. once they get to know me, they realise, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just the same as them. I just have a different, you know, a different job than I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, I do get people's, people's point of view with it if they've never stepped foot in a martial arts gym or been in that environment. And all they see is, you know, an over-glamorized performance on the TV where it's it's theatre, you know, often. Mm. And they don't see the moments when the fighters are not performing yeah. and they're there, you know, sat in the medical room side by side, <laughs> arm yeah. around each other, you know, <laughs> and and talking just as, as we would be now. Does that ever bother you then seeing like, that, like the press conferences and the trash talk and all that stuff. Are you ever kind of like rolling your eyes or like, oh, you're you're doing the the sport a disservice by kind of putting out this, oh, we're going to kill each other sort of attitude? I think, I think a really good example of that uh, to, to, to look at is 
when when we had the incident with with, with Connor and throwing the dolly at the at the at the bus and and instantly Dana was like he'll never be in the UFC again he's now he's going to go to prison <laughs> he's going and then roll roll it forward a couple of months and he's using clips of that to yeah. sell the next fight and you know I, I think things like that give a very sort of strange representation of of, of mixed martial arts. It does, and I I get I get the pantomime. You know, it, it, it's it's part of the game. You, you have to sell this to the audience now. And to be quite honest, Connor has brought the sport so much more that we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are without him and his antics. You know, and sometimes I think that goes too far, possibly. But you know, for me, at the very least. Once the fight is done with him, he's always very respectful straight away. You know, yeah. the fight is done. That's that's the business part. The talk in between, that's part of the business, right? Now, go back to your family, be safe, be healthy. You know? Yeah. We, we, and I think... We, we, go on, go on, sorry, no, right. go on, because I was going to move no, on. I, I just think you, you mentioned them sorts of, you know, the moments where you sit mm. in the medical room and, and we're quick, you know, on our social medias to always share those moments. You know, the recent yeah. one of, of Holloway, you know, just jumping in the yeah. back of the ambulance, you know, was was lovely. And the same with, with Gaethje Chandler, you know, yeah. just the, those moments of like, look, these, these guys have left it all in there and mm-hmm. thankfully they're going to go home healthy to their families and, and, and it's to show that kind of side of it. These are just human beings. It's just, it's a job. And, yes. You know, and it's just making sure that it does get, you know, represented in the right way because the amount of times just through us doing these podcasts that people are like, oh, what? What cage fighting? And it's yeah. like, no, no, it's mixed martial arts. It's called mixed martial yeah. arts. And it's like, <laughs> and you, you know, because I think also lots of people's perception of it would be from maybe some kind of um, posters you see on small regional shows that might mm-hmm. have like loads of blood sort of splattered on the artwork and, and you know some <laughs> pictures of local doorman that people might recognize and and i think that can kind of misrepresent it a little bit you know what yeah, i mean and yeah. and so yeah every opportunity you know we get to, to kind of showcase that you know this is this is like a, a ridiculous skill set is required to do mm. this you know that the sacrifice and training that that's the stuff that should be you know really highlighted not you know, not that the antics that happen, you know, with a few, a few incidents, you know, like the aforementioned thing with Connor and, and a few other things, you know, it's just, let's, yeah. let's focus on the positives. But yeah, anyway, sorry, I, I digress. Blake, what were you <laughs> going to say, mate? Sorry. Well, no, look, <clears throat> we, we want to, obviously we'll get on to kind of like your, your journey, how your career started mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But uh, I think one of the reasons we're chatting to you now is because you're fighting uh, Luke Shanks in a rematch at Cage Warriors 132, I believe. That's the Saturday night card at Double Trouble. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I suppose we have to start in a slightly kind of controversial, interesting uh, mm-hmm. moment where um, the, the fight, the rematch is, is, is happening because it seems a lot of people believe there was what some people are calling a, a, a phantom tap. I mean, the, the, the fight for people that doesn't don't know, you submitted Luke Shanks in round three of an absolutely cracking fight, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a moment about 30 seconds or so into round one where Luke got an armbar and some people believe that you you tapped and but the fight, the tap was missed by the referee and the fight then sort of just continued. Have you seen the footage of that moment and can you talk us through from your perspective what, what happened? Okay, yeah, I've, I've seen the footage. Um for me personally, look, I've 
I've got a clear conscience here. I don't believe at any point, and I haven't believed any point since the fight, that I did tap. Okay? But I've seen the video, and it's kind of like, it could be there, it might not be. More important for me is if Luke believes, if he was going for that armbar and he's let go because he believes I've tapped, then we should do this again no matter what. That's, that's my point of view on the fight. Um, you know, I've had to ask myself a lot of times, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of times <laughs> since this, am I being honest with myself here? Am I trying to convince myself of something? But I, 100%, I've got a clear conscience. I do not believe I tapped at any point in that fight. Well, I mean, we, we actually spoke to Luke uh, yesterday and mm-hmm. he, uh, he was talking about, <clears throat> uh, I think it was Rich Mitchell, the referee, who, who wasn't refereeing your fight at that time, but he was there cage side. And mm. um, I think he said that Rich was talking about those kind of instinctive taps that some people do, they don't even know they've done it. Now, I, I don't have enough jujitsu experience to, <laughs> to understand that stuff. I think if anyone locked hold of my arm, I'd be tapping <laughs> within seconds, regardless of whether it was going to go or not. But do you, are you aware of this? Is this something you're aware of, these kind of instinctive taps that maybe the person that did it doesn't even know they've, they've done it? Is that something you subscribe to? Uh, that's something that I've seen in fights. I mean, there's there's uh, there's plenty of different types of taps. I guess there's almost like there's a hovering hand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you think they're going to tap and then they don't. There's the guy who's tapping, tapping, tapping. There's the guy with his legs, and there's the guy who hits the body, pauses, hits the body, pauses, and then goes, goes, goes. So I I do get I do get what they be- perhaps believe has happened, but I can only tell them what it is in my opinion. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Look, 
moving on from from that and talking about the the original fight itself you mm-hmm. regardless of kind of what happened in those first 30 seconds mm-hmm. the fight continued it didn't look like luke he he did say to us he was aware at the time but it doesn't look like it when you watch the fight live i mean flyweights you move so quickly that yeah, of course. the action is so so quick um but your nose at one point, I believe it was round two. I can't remember if you got hit with an elbow <laughs> or a punch or whatever, but it was really busted up. And yeah. it was kind of just, I mean, I was watching it live and the fight pass, I don't know if you're aware of this, kind of shut down between the middle of round one and the middle of round two. There was just a big sign saying fight pass is experiencing technical oh. difficulties or whatever. And you're <laughs> no, like, oh, come on, man. So basically I'm watching the fight. I don't notice any kind of tap or anything like that. I'm just watching a really fast paced, interesting fight. <clears throat> then it cuts and it's down for like four minutes or whatever. I'm like, no. And then the next thing I know, the feed comes up and you are spraying blood everywhere <laughs> from your nose. And I'm like, what the hell has happened? Like, what have I missed? Yeah. And um, and like, so, how was that? Did de- like physically dealing with that? Like, did that was 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 that an incredibly difficult thing to overcome? Is that something that you've been maybe oh, it sounds weird thing to say, but sort of used to from your 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 fight career that 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 kind of thing happens. Um, well, first off, he caught me with a right hook as I was stepping in. Um, my nose started bleeding straight away. Didn't feel like it was broken, but it definitely felt like it wasn't stopping for a while. Um, now I've got a problem when I fight, when I start to bleed, (laughs) it doesn't usually, it usually brings out the worst side of me, which is the, okay, right. No more playing safe here. Let's just swing for the fences. And it was almost like I would bleed, I would blow my nose, spit some blood out, and then carry on trying to swing it. That was an experience. Um, I think that's the first first time my nose has been moved across my face before. So, you know, hats off to Luke for that. Nobody else has managed to do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, maybe if he could give me a left hook this next time, he might straighten it. <laughs> so but did it did you was it just something you can just despite it going on and it must have been obviously not just painful but that the blood might be going into the mouth it's down your face or stuff was it something that you could easily push to the back of your mind and just continue with the fight or was it bothering you um the pain wasn't really an issue probably because of the adrenaline to be quite yeah. honest the blood not stopping flowing from my nose was a bit annoying. That's why I kind of, I didn't feel like it was broken. So I didn't feel like there was going to be issues with my eyes blowing up, but I did feel like I can't just keep sniffing this back up. I need to, (laughs) need to get this out of my nose, get this out of my mouth. And then I can go for another combo, (laughs) get it out of my face, get it out of my nose and then go for another combo again. I mean, just, you know, you know, after the fight, obviously Mm -hmm. when, you know, when, when you've won the belt, you want to go and celebrate. You want to, you know, absolutely, you know, rejoice at your success. And was there any kind of edge taken off of that because of the sort of controversy and, 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 you know, any kind of discussions that were had, you know, between yourself and and Luke or or, or refs or anybody else like about, you know, what, what may or may not have happened in the first round. Did any of that sort of take or or taint uh, the, the success of your win? Not initially. Um, the celebration part is really a mute point. I, I tend to not celebrate victories anyway. Um, I will thank everybody who's come to support me 
Um, but really, it's just, okay, that's done. Who's next? What's next? Um, which I've been just like the whole of my career. I'm not really interested in taking time off to celebrate or going out and partying or anything like that. I want to be, okay, I'm healthy, come back, see my family, get back in the gym. Um, regards the controversy, um, I didn't really pay attention to any of it until about probably midway through the next week when I was told that there's some issue here because I just thought like, you know, I like Luke. If there's sour grapes for whatever reason, I don't want to get like involved in it. So I'm just going to leave that to one side. Whatever said is said only at the point where I'm told this is an actual issue by a few different people. So I'll take some time to actually look at the footage, see his point of view and then have a conversation with Luke, you know, and I respect the guy. And the first thing <laughs> I said was, we can only do this again. You know, we've trained together in the past. I'm, I'm not a hypocrite, right? <laughs> if you believe that, then we need to go back and do this again. And we, we asked Luke this question as well, mm -hmm. like that. The build-up to the first fight was so respectful between the two of you. You both seem mm -hmm. to like each other and have a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. We asked Luke, it's, uh, because of everything that's happened, has that changed at all? And it, I, he, I think I remember him rightly him saying no. Like that, that he mm. doesn't believe that you necessarily like did anything on purpose or, or or anything like that. It's just it's one of those things, and we're just going to kind of move on and deal with it. Especially now that you know the rematch is obviously going to happen. Do you feel the same way, or, or is there a little bit more animosity now because of how things have gone? No, man, I've got, I got only love for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I spent time in the gym with him. Yeah. We've helped each other out for fights and that. And like, I know, I know he's a good person. And that's what I try to, I, I try to be myself. I try to be a good person, you know? So I, I respect him. I respect his coach and his team. And the only way forward is to do it, to do a rematch. Like I got told by, I don't know how many people, you don't have, you don't have to take this fight again. You shouldn't try it again. Well, do you know what? That's not me. That's just not me. How am I going to walk along, right, and pretend I'm an honourable fighter by not going back and doing this again? You know, and win or lose, it'd be done. Yeah, I can hold my head high then. You know. Well, Sam, let's 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 go back and mm -hmm. uh, and to, to, I guess to the, the beginning of this journey. Can you tell us a little bit about? where you grew up and, and, and how that was and, and, and how that sort of led to you finding the world of mixed martial arts or combat sports in general? Um, so I haven't been, well, I would say I'm a late comer to martial arts as such. I probably the first time I stepped on the mats of any sort was 21. Um, I've been playing rugby before that and, I had I had a bit of I, I could fight, just not very well. <laughs> had no skill in the department, but if it came to it, I could have a fight. Um, my brother was the one who initially dragged me into the gym, and that um, trained in a in a very small basement in a town called Leighton Buzzards. Um, trained there for probably six months, and then had a fight arranged. What discipline was this? Uh, this was just MMA. So, right. so 
we didn't have a coach. <laughs> there was just kind of a few guys together who had a bit about them. Weren't greatly technical, but they wanted to go out there and try their hand at this sport, you know. Um, so I went out there, got a fight arranged, went out, entirely focused more on what my entrance song was going to be. And then I got into the cage <laughs> and realised... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> what, what, what was the song? Uh, oh, Happy Day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I get into the cage and I realised, like, oh, there's no headshots here. It's an old-school amateur fight. So it's body shots, kicks and grappling. Well, okay. Well, I don't know how to kick and I've not done a takedown yet, so... Let's just see how this goes. <laughs> I, got, I got subbed in the first round. I got well, back taking a rear naked coke. Um, and then that kind of lit a fire in me because I don't like to lose. So got back in the gym, started learning, didn't get out of the gym and I'm here. <laughs> you said you grew up around uh, Leighton Buzzard and you were, yeah. I know that area a, a, a little bit. My wife's family are all from like Dunstable Way and stuff like oh, that. So okay, I know yeah. that a little bit. Um, did you feel like it was because uh, you said you you knew how to fight just not technically very well? Was it an area where you felt like confrontation would happen regularly and you had to be able to deal with it? Uh, occasionally, I mean, I am what, five foot six. Generally, people would come and have a look at me and think he's probably the one to have a go at because <laughs> they could probably get the upper hand on me um, and. That was probably the same when I was playing rugby as well. Uh, it bred kind of a toughness in me. I, I imagine that probably suited me well for doing the crossover into um, into martial arts, into MMA. Um, and it, it, was, it was just I had a bit of toughness about me. Uh, my brother started kickboxing a little bit younger than me. We would spar in the garden occasionally and he would tee off on me like, have his way with me and I'd still be swinging at the air. <laughs> was there anything that inspired that kind of thing? Like, like for me, I know that I, you know, I didn't necessarily pursue martial arts, but I always had um, an interest in that kind of world, I guess, because of uh, the cartoons I watched, the TV shows I was. So I was watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and power rangers and uh you know i grew up and I, I still to this day will argue with anyone about buffy the vampire slayer being the best tv show ever made because it had vampires <laughs> and kung fu so that's all i was really interested in. but um like was was there anything that inspired you or was it just the the, the world around you or was there kind of influences like from the tv or, or whatever uh i can't really say there was i was so late to to, to martial arts I, I watched i watched some boxing before I enjoyed watching the boxing and that, but we didn't really have any local uh, boxing gyms to me. What I, fighters were doing stuff then uh, that you was watching, Sam? I used to watch Ricky Hatton. I enjoyed watching his journey and that. and that, that got me into the fighting side of things more than anything. I mean, even when my brother first told me about MMA, I pretty much laughed in his face and said, they can't do that to anyone, all that ground stuff. you know. <laughs> and then, you know, that's changed a lot over the time and um you know I, I see the significance of it now but really the biggest thing i found from um martial arts and getting into it now is that was pretty much what i needed 
when I was a kid. Um, I needed that as my education or in and around me at some point while I was at school to enable me to, to, to learn more, if you like. I found there was no kind of real avenue for me to put my energy into. And so I was frequently like neither here nor there at school and my mind wandering almost. Now, having got into martial arts later, I found myself like completely engrossed in the sport. I used to go to bed dreaming about submissions and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night like, oh, wait, what if I put my hip, my foot on his hip here and then I pull the arm that way and then be like, right, okay, I should write that down and then I'll go to the gym tomorrow and do that. So I, th- I think it was like, it was something that was really missing for me as a child growing up. Uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to find it when I'm perhaps not past my prime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of martial arts, when we mm. um, uh, arranged this interview through um, Kieran at Cage Warriors, he, um, he said that you, uh, you believe in the Bushido Code. Um, can you, I mean, I don't know too much about it, and, and I mentioned this to Blake, and he doesn't either, and, and for listeners as well, can you tell us a little bit about that? If I'm honest, mate, I don't. <laughs> I don't really. I don't. <laughs> Kieran stitched us up. Thanks, Kieran. Cheers, can, mate. Can you just make something up then, please? Sir? <laughs> so, I do believe in a code of of as such, but it's it's more like you're a. I'm so late to this sport. I'm picking everything up as I go along, and it's helping me, if nothing else, to have some principles to live my life by. You know, to try to be a good person, to try to help people, to try to like I, I teach a lot of kids now, and a, a big part of that is, and 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 just the same with speaking about my daughter and the the per, the perception of me as a cage fighter is is incorrect, and I have to live my life in a certain way, conduct myself in a certain way, speak in a certain way, to show what martial arts is the control the discipline the respect and that's what i try to teach all of my students now um and how you can use that that discipline that respect the control to cross over into every avenue of your life Uh, i don't know how many times i get people come to me like oh this this guy's really wound me up about this or that or uh, it's just words and and an emotional response that you're you're allowing to come to the surface and come out. You need to control that. Take a look at the bigger picture. Take a step back, and then come at it again with an open mind. You seem you seem really measured uh, and 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 very calm. Uh, and we always like to ask fighters, Sam, like mm-hmm. what they're what their process is in, in that room before they, they make the walk out to the, the octagon. And I just, yeah, I just want to ask you really like what, what your, if you, I mean, if you're happy to speak about, you know, yeah, what yeah. Your, your process is like, you know, what, what that is, you know, before you get the call that you're going out. Um, it's, it's changed over time from experience. Really. I used to, when I was younger, I would try and get, like hyped up almost and be like jumping around a lot. And then as I've got more experience, 
I've realized like I'm wasting a lot of energy doing that kind of thing. And now really it's about being calm. I'll take a sleeping bag occasionally, read a book, put some like some very relaxed, maybe classical music on and just leave that on my headphones just to kind of keep me under control a little bit. And then as soon as it's getting, you know, like, close to the fight, say five fights before I just start to move around a little bit. I'm trying to stay relaxed, calm. We've done this a million times before. Don't need to make a big deal of it, out of it at all. Okay. It's just another fight. Um, I think that's, that's really works very well for me now. <laughs> and the, and the, the reading and the music is, mm. are they like little sort of distractions to try and just, control the, the mental side of things and, and, and not just get too lost in what's about to happen and, and, and to control any, you know, fear or, or, or anxiety or, or anything yeah. that can come from, because, you know, what you're about to do is not what 99.99% of the population would ever comprehend doing. It's, it's an unusual thing to do. And I just always fascinated as to what, what fighters do to kind of keep a lid on, on, on letting that spiral and, and becoming, you know, and letting that overcome them, that they're about to get into a cage and, and, and fight. Yeah, I think often you can get caught up in your own thoughts and you're going round in circles in your head. And by the time you come to the fight, you, you've sapped a lot of your energy, like mentally. That's why a book for me, just some music that's nice and calm, can help me kind of drift away. I'm never really away, away. <laughs> it always comes in dribs and drabs back into my mind and that but I'll use it to just relax relax we don't need to warm up yet we don't need to get amped there's no need to worry about the fight yet we've done this a million times before what's the worst that's going to happen yeah you're going to go home your family's going to love you again <laughs> you're going to shake hands afterwards you know it might be a bit ugly for a few weeks but <laughs> well obviously like you are the Cage Warriors flyweight champion of the world at the moment. And whenever you've got a Cage Warriors belt around your waist, the UFC are probably taking a look. Is that something that interests you? If you if you win this fight, this rematch against Luke Shanks, are you expecting the UFC to maybe come in with an offer? Or are you just thinking about defending the Cage Warriors belt? What's What's next for you if all goes well against Luke Shanks? I mean, realistic, I don't like to look too far ahead, right? But if all goes well, that's always something I'd look to do. You know, I'd, I'd, I think I deserve the call to the UFC. I think it's an opportunity to test myself against the best in the world. But, you know, the most important thing is I've got Luke in front of me once more. We're going to do the dance, shake hands, and I'll sit down. Have a look at where I'm going to go next. Mm. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. With the mentioning the UFC, one mm. narrative that was out there a little while ago uh, was that Dana was thinking of getting rid of the flyweights after Demetrius Johnson went. Uh, yeah. There was a narrative that, oh, the flyweights aren't that exciting and all that stuff. Dana White was going to get rid of them. And then Henry Cejudo comes in and, you know, claims that he saved the flyweight division in, in the way that he does. Um, but I wanted to know what your thoughts were on the state of the UFC flyweight division at the moment. Because from my perspective, I think it's looking really, really healthy. I think mm-hmm. Brandon Moreno, I think, is a fantastic champion. He's got the trilogy with Figueredo coming up. You've got contenders like Askar Askarov, uh, mm-hmm. um, Pantoja, and then yeah. you've got like Garbrandt and Kaikara France fighting in a mm-hmm. week's time at, at UFC 269, which either way that fight goes, it either could make Kaikara France's stock rise a lot or Garbrandt solidifies himself as the star he was at Phantomweight. He can now come down and bring that to the flyweight division. What do you think of the flyweight division in the UFC? I think Mighty Mouse messed it up for a lot of people because he was far too good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He was so consistently good against competition that he made them look poor. And reality is they're not. They just weren't on his level at the time. Right now, the flyweight division is completely open for me. I think anybody, top five, top 10, top 15, outside that can win the title. You know, it's, it's, it's very very close level-wise. It's just who's going to win on the day, who can perform on the day. And that, that's that's healthy for the division. Gives a little bit more, you know, um, what's the word? excitement to it. Yeah. And um, I I think Moreno will win the win the rematch. And then I think uh, Figueredo will move up to Bantamweight. But then, you know, I'm excited to see Cody down at Flyweight. I've trained with him out in... Uh, in alpha male and he was he was really good but i would say at the time you're about the same size as me <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't know why you're a bantamweight. so um so you yeah, don't I'm think he'll struggle with the weight cut too much as long as he does it right like we saw what happened with tj yes mm. i feel like he almost he did the weight cut too well as in he dieted too hard got himself too low in body fat before he even approached the cut so he was almost on the weight I've done that myself before, and you uh, you give up a lot of advantages. You know, yeah. if you're losing that much weight, that much muscle, you're half of the fighter that you were before. Uh, hopefully, Cody will do the cut better. He is a smaller frame body than TJ as well, so I would imagine it shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, and when we're talking about weight cuts, how do you approach mm. weight cuts? Like, do you have to cut a lot of weight, or is it not too bad? And and what's your process for doing that? Uh, I've messed it up a few times in the past. Uh, being my own coach, often the time it's been a problem because I 
my weight cuts initially were done basically on what do the Americans do? How can I research that somehow? And then, okay, I was supposed to be cutting how many pounds? Um, now, I got it pretty much down to a T. It's never easy and I've got to make sure I've got enough time in advance, but I know what works for my body. It's very uncomfortable. I'm probably one of the bigger flyweights, maybe, I'd imagine. Um, but actually, the weight cut process where we're taking the water out of the body and that is that's not necessarily that bigger drop for me. It's just uncomfortable. You, you mentioned training at Team Alpha Male. How did that, that experience come about, Sam? Um, when I fought, did I fight? I think it was Grayson. I lost against Grayson. And I needed a, um, I needed to know that I was good enough. Am I, convin- am I con- conning myself when I'm going around the country and thinking I'm a really good flyweight, could be the best in the world here? I needed to go away, get into a different environment and see how I perform. And that, that was pretty much the reason was behind the, the trip out there. Uh, I spent three weeks out there, did very well, I believe, and uh, came back with a lot of confidence, some new skills and a great experience at the same time. And, and I mean, also, like, we, we, you know, how did that feel to... We talk sometimes about a sort of imposter syndrome, uh, mm. and and you know, and and you know, do I deserve to be? And, and and what you just said there of like, you know, am I kidding myself? You know, so many fighters have come on this podcast and said very similar things. You know, mm. like they, they they took a loss. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute, am I as good as I think I am? And, yeah. And but but just to you know, aside from that, that that imposter syndrome of like walking into somewhere like Team Alpha Male, and mm. and you know, like like. Like anybody, you know, uh, uh, fighting at your level, you've got every right to be, you know, in a gym with, you know, world champs. You're a world champ yourself now. Um, but how was that sort of walking in there and seeing, you know, legit legends? I imagine some of them you probably grew up watching on the telly and stuff like that. Like, how, how was that as an experience? Um, daunting in some aspects. But do you know what? I went to I went to Brazil quite a few years back with the same kind of thing in mind went out there for a month training went into a gym uh, called Rio Fighters um, and I didn't speak any Portuguese and the first day that was daunting because they kicked the utter crap out of me <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many guys I had to spar with some of them twice the size of me they gave me a right good hiding um, and then I'll come back the next day I earn their respect. Come back the next day, I earn their respect. Come back a week later, I'm still there. Okay, you're part of the team now. You, <laughs> you're uh, you're one of us. Okay, um, so I already kind of gone through that. I don't know the firefight almost in another gym in an environment where I didn't even speak the language. So going to Alpha Male was it was daunting with so many pros on the mat. You know, you've got a lot of coaches watching what's going on and seeing how you're performing in there. And um, luckily, I, I did pretty well, I believe. I don't think I had a bad day in there. So um, I got some good feedback of off those guys. And 
you know, it, it was healthy for me as a confidence booster almost. Absolutely. And, and, and Sam, outside of mm-hmm. MMA, what do you like to do? Um, very much get back to get back to nature. I like to work with my hands. I like to uh, do a bit of gardening, plant fruit, walk my dogs, <laughs> go and see my parents, look after them. And uh, I'm very much, um, I spend every single day <laughs> trying to learn how to be more violent. <laughs> I want to take away from that completely when I'm doing something on my own and be as peaceful as I possibly can, you know. <laughs> I love That's that. a crazy balance, isn't it? That's <laughs> a crazy balance. <laughs> so what's, uh, do you have a, a go-to food after after the, the weight cut's done and the fight is done and all of that and you're like, oh, I can finally let my body go for a little bit. I know you were saying earlier, you're someone that just wants to get straight back in the gym, but do you have a kind of like that kind of guilty pleasure of like, Oh, I know I'm going to smash a pizza Mm -hmm. or get some cake or whatever. Uh, straight from the fight in the car, I'll drive back and I'll have a big bag of pick a mix next to me. That'd be the first thing. Yeah. So many fighters are saying yeah, that. Yeah, it's a new thing. It <laughs> used to be. <laughs> yeah, they, it used to always be pizza. We are so many people. It's like pizza, 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 pizza. And now, the last few of us, it's all been like pick and mix. Like, when did pick and mix become back in fashion? <laughs> oh, mate, so many. So many. So many so many options as well. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's already mouse more. Will it? Sam, thanks so much for your time today. Um, mm. <clears throat> obviously, as we said earlier, you're taking on Luke Shanks at Cage Warriors 132. That's Saturday, the 11th of December in a rematch for your flyweight title. How do you see the fight ending? Have you got an idea of how it's going to go down? I do. Um, I don't see a finish for either of us. I imagine we're still there at the end of the fifth round, covered in blood, my hand raised. That's it. Well, if it's anything like the last fight, mate, that that was a cracking three rounds. So if we get five rounds of that, we'll all be very, very spoiled. Best of luck to you. Thank you very much. I hope everything's healthy leading up to and after the fight as well. And uh, love to the family. And hopefully we'll have you back on here at some point soon talking about a UFC fight. Thanks very much. Oh, thanks loads, Sam. Much appreciated. Cheers, guys. Like I feel more zen after that chat. I mean, what a completely calm and measured man. Yeah, it's all. To be fair, though, it's always like if he was like a character in like a movie or an anime or something, he'd be like the scariest one because he'd be like the most <laughs> yeah. zen guy ever, and then just put on some extreme violence. But yeah, he does. <laughs> I've got such an interesting comment towards the end of the interview about like. I spend every day trying to be better at violence. So when he's not in the gym, he wants to do something that really balances that out, that's really peaceful. And like, like you know, gardening and all that stuff, just being around family and all that kind of stuff. And I really love that. I think that's such an interesting thing. I've, I've never really thought of that, that, that you're, you're spending that time in high-intensity violent situation that the last thing you want to do in your downtime is anything like that. You want to go and do something incredibly 
peaceful and you want balance you want balance and I love that and that seems to very much tie in with this aura around him I mean we mentioned the Bushido code because we were told to mention it <laughs> and it turns out <laughs> that like, went wrong <laughs> yeah it's like well, no not really I just have, I just want to be a good person and we're like no that's absolutely fair enough mate um, so, anyone knows what the Bushido code is uh, text him please because we still don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we could google it but we're quite lazy um, but uh, yeah but, but it does even though he said he didn't like subscribe to that necessarily or anything he he, he just as you said he's got this calmness about him this measured balanced aura about him and yeah yeah that just that, that totally kind of ties in with all of that I think yeah uh, uh, and also uh, very chilled Luke Shanks as well you know both very very calm chilled yeah. individuals so yeah I mean obviously looking at the last fight there, there's no calmness when when uh, when that buzzer goes I can't wait to see this rematch obviously a, a much anticipated uh, fight on the the double trouble weekend uh, extravaganza as I've now coined it yeah um, but we'll yeah. we have to see what, what happens and, and it's interesting as well that whole thing of like you know the reason this fight is happening is that uh, uh, alleged phantom tap uh, as far as Sam's concerned, that never happened. And and I have watched it from multiple angles. And if you told me to argue the case for either one of those fighters that it did or did not happen, I think I'd have an, an easy time arguing both sides of it. I can oh, s- get off the fucking fence. That's <laughs> true. I'm not lying. It happens so quick, and you have to very specifically. There's some angles you watch it, and you go, "No, that's not a tap." And then there's other angles you watch it, and you go, "Oh, maybe that is a tap." You just it, it, it is difficult, but I think both fighters have conducted themselves really well. That's one thing you have to say. Sam's conducted himself incredibly well by saying, "Look, if there's any controversy about this, I want to put that to bed. Let's have a rematch." You like he's not gone running from anything. He's not saying, "No, I beat him. Give me someone else." He's yeah, saying, "No, totally. there's a problem. Let's do it again." And Luke as well. It doesn't seem to have any real ill will towards Sam. I think he totally understands the situation. He's like, "Look," and I think he respects Sam's decision as the champion now to go come on then let's do it again 100%. so and that's and it's 100%. what we like to see as you said that first fight was a cracking fight um i'm sure the second fight's going to be brilliant as well and then outside of the cage they both seem to handle themselves with a lot of respect and yeah. uh, and and they uh, they show respect to each other so I, I i'm all for that and i think it's going to be a cracker Absolutely. Go check out the Luke Shanks episode as well. That come out today as well. So go get stuck into that, and uh, and you can get Luke's take on the on the situation as well. And uh, and so yeah, completely wet your whistle for the uh, the upcoming scrap um, this week. So uh, we're back next time. Um, there's a big abundance of Cage Warriors uh, episodes that we've recorded over the the previous week that will be coming out in dribs and drabs this week. I think you can already catch our chat um, if I if I've got it right. We've the release schedule you can obviously hear our chat with Oban Elliott because that came out on the day of recording this um, that's a wonderful chat um, you can also hear us talking uh, to Middlesbrough's finest the Hardwick brothers um, and <laughs> I love the fact that as soon as you say the Hardwick brothers a little smile turns up on your face it's not like. even little it's a massive grin I love the Hardwick <laughs> brothers and I have to say the Oban Elliott interview re- if you haven't listened to it yet please 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 do yourself a favour and go and listen to Oban Elliott it has he's so open and honest uh, and, and talks about 
troubles in his life, but also, God, he's got a real funny bone to him. He's got a great sense of humour, and the, the interview just kind of seems to go everywhere in the best possible way. There's loads of jokes about it, but there's also, we really delve into some deep, serious stuff there, and I, I, it, it's a cracking interview, that one. I've honestly not seen Blake this happy since he put his arms around Arnold Allen and felt his back. <laughs> Arnold Allen's got a great back. But if he listens to this show, you've mentioned that too often now, and he's going to avoid me and think I'm really weird to keep talking about his back. Oh, I hope next time you see him, you go for a cuddle and he just steps back and shakes your hand. Oh, no. Get off me back, man. (laughs) He's not a piece of meat. Um, Marbled, strong old meat that he is. Come on. I want a bit bit prime Allen. Come on. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah. Please, we're done. We're done, mate. We're done. Please subscribe, like, share, retweet on the social, subscribe to the podcast, or also check us out on YouTube uh, and see our ugly mugs doing these lovely, lovely interviews. Um, I don't think we need to say any more, do we? Other than Cage Warriors uh, Double Trouble is available to watch on Fight Pass. Go give it a watch. Yes, that's on the 10th and 11th of December, and it's live from York Hall as well. So do that. All right, I'm going. See ya. Bye.